What's up? Alrighty. Got one person awake. Man, how many of y'all how many of y'all came out to the one church softball game on Friday night? Yeah. All right. Thanks for thanks for supporting the team. Wanna thank y'all for that. Um you're welcome to go on the website to figure out when they play and all that stuff. It was so cool. Um, they almost won, and the reason why they didn't really get skunked is because I wasn't on the team. <clears throat> so uh, it was, I just, they just did a great job. So I need 10 volunteers, adults. I promise you that if you volunteer, you will be speaking in front of a bunch of people. I'm just joking. <laughs> you, I need 10 volunteers, seriously, I need 10 adults. All right, come on now. Cool. All right. Sweet, sweet. Cool. All right. All right. I need uh, I need nine of you guys to form a circle facing in, please. I'll get out of that circle. And I need one person. We'll uh, let's see. We will uh, we'll take uh, we'll take Robert here. All right. Come here. Oh. All right. Y'all close in. Uh, form a kind of a tight circle, if you would. So. All right. Cool. Now. How you doing, man? Good, good. Good, good. Everything all right? Yeah. Good, good. Fantastic. All right. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to get in the middle of that circle in 15 seconds. Now, let me tell you what's legal. Everything. All right? So um, you, can, uh, you can bite. Uh, you can draw blood. Um, you can do whatever you want to, but do whatever you can in 15 seconds to get in, inside that circle and guys, I, I need y'all's help to count down from 15 to zero, all right? All right, your mission, you, you just hang on, all right? All right, here we go, ready? Y'all ready? All right, and you mark, get set, go. 15, 14. Oh, look at there. Wonderful. You know what that means, don't you? You are the weakest link. <laughs> I can say that because he's my dad. So anyway, cool. Let's give him a hand. Thank you very much, guys. Very good. Uh, most of y'all did well. Um, <clears throat> cool. Now, what is the one thing that I did not tell the group? That's right. I didn't tell you your mission. You're right. W- what did I not tell them? That's exactly right. I'd never told them to say, hey, by the way, you don't let them in. Um, because it's our natural tendency to exclude people. Our natural tendency is to say, you know what, it's us four and no more. It's just us over there and then there's you. And our natural tendency is to just exclude, is to say, you know what, we're going to do us and then there's them over there. And uh, you just don't have to tell people that because we have something in us that makes us want to do that automatically. And um, uh, I, I tell you, when, especially this really goes in depth when it comes to church. Because there's, there's us, and us, you know, we believe this way, we believe the Bible this way, we have these certain values, well, yada, yada. you can just fill in the blank, and then there's them. There's those people that don't believe the way we believe, and there's those people that don't say and act the way we act, and there's those people that don't talk the way we talk. There's those people, and then there's us. And uh, even in our language, 
we exclude people, us and them, those pronouns. Um, that's amazing because we have a tendency to exclude, but God is so unlike us. God doesn't use pronouns like us and them. He uses pronouns, pronouns like we. Um, in fact, uh, John 3.16, some of you all know this verse, says, For God so loved a few select people who have it all together and who go to church in a certain way, believe a certain doctrine, vote a certain... I mean, is that what it says? God so loved what? The world. That he gave his one and only son. That everyone... Look at that. Everybody say that word. Everyone. That everyone who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is we at its finest. It's the world, everyone. God is not a God of excluding people, but God is a God of including people. Yet Christ followers, people who go to church, people who say they follow Jesus, really are, we're really the best at excluding people. There's us, and then there's them. And that's not the way it should be. <clears throat> I want to uh, tell you a story this morning and give you some background. We're going to be turning to Luke chapter 14. And I want to give you some background of a group of people that Jesus, <coughs> that Jesus hung out with, some, not much, but some. Before I tell you their name, because if I just tell you their name, you're going to go, oh, you know what, I've heard about these people. Uh, I want to give you the background of how this group of people came into being because they are um, uh, very well-intentioned people. Um, in fact, uh, I'll just go back from the very beginning, um, not all the way to the very beginning, but, you know, we're backing up a few uh, thousand years. God told Israel, hey, I want you not to worship idols. I want you to be holy and distinct. I want you to be able to um, only worship the one true God. In fact, he, he, he was so insistent on that, he had ten commandments, and the first commandment was, don't worship an idol. Only worship the one true God. So um, uh, they said, okay, we'll do that. But they just never really abided by that. Uh, they wanted to be like all the other nations. And all the other nations had their wooden statues and their golden statues and silver statues. And, um, you know, they don't want to really worship a God they can't see. So they decided, you know what, I want to worship a God I can see. And they're kind of like us today. You know, we don't have a little golden gods do we or little boat shaped gods or little lexus shaped gods or if you don't like lexus you know a little volkswagen god however get a bigger god all right anyway um but you know we we like we like pouring our lives and hearts into stuff we can see um god told the israelites i don't want you to do that i want you to worship me and me alone and they said okay and they turn around and they worship all of these foreign statues, these idols, these gods. So God said, listen, if you keep this up, I'm going to have to discipline you. I'm going to have to discipline you. And in fact, uh, in the letter to the next president, we talked about what happened during that time of discipline, that he allowed four nations to come, and they conquered Jerusalem, they conquered Israel, they took them back, and for 70 years, um, the Israelites, um, they ceased to be a nation. So... Um, God allowed that to happen. After the 70 years, they came back. And it's like Israel finally learned their lesson. They finally learned their lesson. And they really never struggled with worshiping foreign gods ever again. 
it was such a painful uh, time of discipline that it's like they finally, the light bulb came on and they said, okay, we're going to worship the one true God. There was this one group of people <coughs> that loved God so much and that loved God's word so much, they said, we're going to get together and we're going to make sure that we don't worship anything foreign, any idols or anything like that. So they started meeting together and they started memorizing God's word and reading the Old Testament. And they started by re, uh, memorizing the first five books of the Old Testament. And then they started memorizing the rest of the Old Testament. And they eventually memorized all 39 books of the Old Testament. So to be a part of this, this group of people who had great intentions of keeping uh, their worship pure to God and to not worship out any idols, they started memorizing the Bible, which was great. Um, and they started going through uh, these motions. Okay, and I know there's ten commandments, but you know what? Let's create some more commandments so that we don't even get close to breaking those ten. So they created 600 more commandments so that they wouldn't break the ten commandments. So, um, so again, great intention, well-intentioned people. They believe the Bible, all of this stuff. Um, as they continue in their relationship, they're, they're starting to uh, get a little bit more judgmental. And they said, you know what, in order to be like us, um, it, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to jump this high. And in order to be able to do this, if, if you're going to have these type of morals and these beliefs, if you're going to be a part of our group, and they started looking down on everybody else that didn't ha vote the way they voted or believe the way they believed or all of this stuff. And um, they uh, started... Uh, kind of seeing this as the us and them crowd and not the we. They totally, even though they memorized all of the verses and all of the words of the Old Testament, they missed the entire point that Israel, God's people, was supposed, they were going to be blessed so that they could bless other people, that they would be able to bless other people, and that was the reason why God blessed them. And even though they memorized it, they really missed the meaning behind those words. So um, these group of people, um, in Jesus' day, they've been around for a while, and they're very godly on the outside, and they, they, they follow their rules, and they believe in the Word and all of this stuff. Um, but Jesus, when he shows up, these people, this group of people, feel like they're God's gift to the world. And when Jesus, the real God's gift to the world, shows up, uh, it puts... Jesus in conflict with this, these religious people. And um, we're going to be talking about this in the next few weeks, but these religious group of people, because there's a lot of similarities between them and us. Um, the group called the Pharisees. And, you know, if you've grown up in church any time when you hear the word Pharisees, you immediately think, man, they're awful, they're bad, you know, I want to go kick a cat or something. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing about it is, in that day and age, there were all of these people that didn't believe God's word, and these people did. These people were very faithful. They were very religious on the outside, but they had really missed the point that God loved not just them, but loved the world. That God loved everyone, not just them. So, um, as they started to look down, and you know, you know what, they just they did not like being around sinners. They didn't like being around broken people, handicapped people, people who are, who are struggling, people who had issues, people who weren't perfect. Their mind, you know, we can't hang around sinners because we just might catch sin. We can't be around broken people because we may become broken. 
We, may, we can't hang out with imper, imperfect people because they're going to tarnish our perfect reputation. And we're not going to hang out with sinners because we just might catch what they got. Um, so uh, they had this just this messed up mentality. And uh, uh, the Pharisees, um, Jesus didn't have a lot of good things to say about the Pharisees, but in Luke 14, verse 1, says this. <clears throat> One Sabbath day, now Sabbath was like the day that they worshipped and they just kind of relaxed and they didn't really work uh, that day. Um, One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. And the people were watching him closely. I mean, even though Jesus speaks out a lot against these Pharisees, in fact, he doesn't really give them a lot of wonderful names. You know, when you call somebody a viper and a snake, and, uh, oh, by the way, you look good on the outside, but the inside, uh, you're filled with dead men's bones. You're like a whitewashed coffin. You know, that's never a good, that's not the way to win friends and influence people. Um, but Jesus, he, he goes where he's invited. And this night he was invited in the, the home of this Pharisee, um, this leader of the Pharisees. And uh, this says the Pharisees were watching him closely. I mean, you think, why were they watching him closely? It could have been that some of them were watching him closely because they wanted to see if he was the real deal. You know, he says he says this stuff, and he says he believes this stuff, but is he the real deal? So some of them are watching him going, you know what, I'm hoping he's the real deal. A lot of them are watching him hoping that he'll screw up. Oh, you know what, it's the Sabbath. Maybe he'll do something. Maybe he'll do something that not only, you know, the, the, the big ten laws that Moses gave, but maybe he'll break one of our 600. And, uh, and <laughs> Jesus, in a lot of ways, was a rebel because he did break their 600 laws. I mean, like, a lot. So they're hoping to trap him. So they're watching him closely. <clears throat> and I think that's the same reason that people watch us closely today. They want to see, are you the real deal? Are you, do you really believe what you say you believe? Are you the real deal? Or they're watching to see if, we can, if we're going to stumble, if we're going to get all messed up. Um, so we're the same way. Um, they're watching us for the same reasons. So let's get back to the story. In verse 15, um, you have this Pharisee that speaks up and says, Hey, you know what? Isn't it glad the kingdom of God is just for us? It's this banquet table, and it's just for us. And we're locking arms, and you know what? We're, we're God's gift to the world. And uh, that's what it says in verse 15. It says, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend the banquet in the kingdom of God. There's some meaning behind those. You know what? I know I'm going. I'm so good. I'm so I'm the bomb. I mean, not only did I keep the 10, I kept the other 600. I'm, I'm 610 reasons why I'm good, all right? And he says, it's just going to be us because there's nobody, nobody else has kept the law like we have. Nobody has not worshipped gods, other gods like we have. We worship the one and true only God. And it's just like, yeah, it's us. It's all about us and those people, and I don't know about them, but we're going. We're getting there. Yeah. All right? Well, it says Jesus replied with this story. Now, let me just say, 
You, maybe you're new at church. Anytime Jesus replies with a story, that's never going to go well. Um, those stories, some people call them parables, and I don't know what that means, but it's just a story. And Jesus starts telling a story, and when he tells a story, he's going to put a smackdown on the us versus them uh, mentality. If He's going to put a beat down on the, you know what, it's just us four and no more, and it's all about us and not about them. Um, so in verse 16, Jesus replies with a story. He says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. He prepared a great feast. Not just a feast. A great feast. Um, think about it. The best party you've ever been to. All right? The best party you've ever been to. The best type of food it ever had. Maybe the best type of drinks it had. I mean, just the best party. Best party decorations. Just whatever. Let your mind go up. It, whatever it was, this party was a better party than that. It was a great feast. So a man prepared, this rich man prepared this great feast and sent out how many invitations? I'm sorry. You're going to have to wake up. Many. That's correct. All right. Jesus started talking about these feasts, parties, invitations, huge spread. And this, I mean, a lot of, a lot of food. And I'm not just talking about like the, the little, um, you know, the Melbato squares. We're, we're talking like shrimp cocktail. All right, we're talking about some chicken and maybe some caviar, even though I never tried any of that stuff. Um, so I mean, some good stuff. All right, uh, I mean, just ugh. So he sent out many invitations. Look what happens, verse seventeen. Uh, he sends all of his hired help to go give all these RSVPs. Hey, you coming? You know, uh, RSVP me. When the banquet was ready, he sent out his servants to tell the guests, "Come, the banquet." is ready. The great feast is ready. But they all began making excuses. <clears throat> One said, I've just bought a field, and I must expect it. Please excuse me. Second one. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. I don't want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another says, I have a wife, so I can't come. You know what that last one means, don't you? He just got married. Leave it at that. All right. So, um, I mean, he, they give these excuses. Now, a lot of them, if you're really thinking about it, are kind of lame excuses. How many of y'all would buy a piece of property without looking at it? Anyone? Okay, not seeing any hands. How many of y'all would, if they're talking about oxen, but let's kill that. Um, how many of y'all would buy a truck without looking at it? How many of y'all ever bought a truck off like a, or a vehicle off the Internet? Okay, there's two, all right? I've almost done that a couple times, but I just I have a hard time because I can't drive them. Was it a good deal, by the way? Sweet. Yeah, both of them. Oh, wonderful. All right. You're killing my sermon illustration, but that's all right. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, you, don't, you just don't buy stuff, at least without seeing a picture, though, right? That, that'll kind of work with it. I mean, he said, you know what? I can't come because I need to inspect these oxen I just purchased. I mean, that's how uh, nobody does that. Nobody does that. So these excuses are kind of lame and the, the servants come back with 42 no's uh, and, and zero yeses. Okay, is this person going to come? No. Is this person? No, he's not going to come. No, he's, he's not going to And nobody on the original invitation list is coming. Nobody. So this uh, master, this rich dude, he's got all this spread. He's going, gag up. 
you know, the shrimp cocktail, you know, I'm hungry, but I ain't that hungry, you know. We've got to get some more people in here. So look at this. This is what he starts inviting everybody he runs into. Verse 21, the servant returned and told the master what he had said. The master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys in, the, in all the towns and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. The lame? The lame? The blind? The crippled? You know, I mean, you got to remember, who is he telling the story to? He's telling the story to the people who weren't lame and who weren't broken, and who thought they could see. He, were, he was telling the story to the people who had it all together, who was perfect, who was like, yeah, we're part of the in crowd, and because we're part of the in crowd, you're part of the out crowd. All right? We're in the in-house here, and that means you're in the outhouse. There you go. All righty. All right? I mean, it's just, we're, I mean, we're the perfect ones. We're the ones on the original invitation list. I mean, we're... And that's the whole point. Jesus' whole point of telling this story was the shock value of saying, you know what, I'm going to invite people that don't look like you, that don't smell like you, that don't act like you, that don't talk like you, that don't have your set of values, your set of beliefs, that aren't as good as you. Because really, the whole point, whether you get into the party or not, has nothing to do with how good you are. It's whether or not you got an invitation. Whether or not you got an invitation. And the thing about it is, he invites everyone. Let's continue. Look at this. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So he invites all these broken, you know, blind, crippled people. They all show up, and they're eating, you know, the fondue. And he's going, there's, there's still room. There's still room. And what does he say after this? Look at the next verse. He says, so his master said, go out in the country lanes behind the hedges. Now, people who hang out behind hedges, people aren't wanting to do what good things. How many of y'all ever went parking behind the hedge? You don't have to raise your hand. You know, no confessional time. I saw the hand. But, you know, it's all right. Um, I mean, you don't do stuff good behind hedges. He says, I want, you to go, I want you to go in the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone. Everybody say the word anyone. Anyone. Anyone you find. Anyone you find. So that the house will be full. So that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. He's saying there's still room for more. And I want you to invite the blind, crippled, lame. Okay, they're, they're coming in. Oh, by the way, there's still room for more. I want you to go and I want you to invite everyone else. There's still room for more. That's the point of the story. In God's party, there is always still room for more. We may have this, this mindset that nobody has to tell us, you know what, we're, we're going to lock arms and we're not going to let people in. Because we don't have to be told that. Because we're in. But the whole point is that there's still room for more. God's point in His church is there must always still be room for more. That we must keep inviting. Because His point is He wants to have a house full. A house full. 
In Jesus' day, those religious leaders would assume that it was just them and it was all for them and they would have definitely been included. But Jesus said, you know what? Let me show you just how exclusive I am and include. I'm broadening it all out so that everyone is invited. Everyone. Everyone. Jesus' focus is for everyone to be here. From, to shift from you, the Pharisees, to them and everyone. There's a great pronoun shift. It's a we moment. It's, a, it's, it's not us. It's not, them, it's not them. It's all of us together. It is we. Part of the surprise is that the kingdom of God is made up of those people. And you know who those people are. It's people that don't look and act and talk like us. And that is the whole point. Because none, all of us used to be those people. Every one of us. The whole reason we started one church 50 weeks ago is because, and we only had 35 people. I mean, we, we could say, you know what, it's just going to be us 35 and no more. whole reason we did this is we want to, there's always still room for more. And God's heart is that for the always, there, there's, we keep inviting and there's still room for more. There's more room. There's more room at the table. There's more room in the theater. There's more room in the seats because everybody needs to hear, everybody needs to hear the good news. It's not an us them. Second Peter 3, 9. Let me tell you what God thinks because he doesn't think in us and them. Look at this. The Lord isn't slow about keeping his promises as some people think he is. In fact, God is very patient because he wants, there it is. He wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. How many people does he want? Everyone. That means every Sunday morning, how many people is invited? Everyone. How many people can show up and hear God's news? Everyone. 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 The house must. He wants the house to be full. And that really leads us to our big idea for today. And it says this. The kingdom of God is for everyone. Everyone. That's the whole point. It's not the idea that the Pharisees had, you know, we're so good. We're, we're deathly and we're prego. We're in there, man. All right? And he said, no, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than just your little club. And your little country club, <clears throat> so that you, you know you can all just be, ah, uh-huh, I'm just so happy. And God's saying, I don't care less about your happiness. I can care less about your comfort because your happiness and your comfort is excluding those people and those people I died for. You know, think about this: 86% of Clarksville. Do you know where 86% of Clarksville where they're at right now? They're at home. What are they doing? Sleeping in. That's exactly right. Eight, that's nine out of ten people here in Clarksville, Montgomery County, Fort Campbell. They're at home right now because they don't think, you know what, there's not anything really good to do with my time right now. I'd rather sleep in and I'd rather drool on a pillow than to be able to actually engage a God that loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. And the thing about it is, the reason why we started almost a year ago, and the reason why we're going to continue a year from now is because we believe that God loves those 86% of people. That I used to be one of those people. Many of you used to be one of those people. 
I'm telling you, what's so cool about what God has done through one church is we've seen uh, almost 20 people get baptized. We've seen over 100 people enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, that's not us. That's God. That's the bigness of God. God. I mean, we've seen God heal marriages. We've seen drug dealers get off drugs. We've seen users get off. We've seen families healed and put back together. We've seen children come back to parents. We've seen God move in some miraculous ways, and he's been able to do that through the Holy Spirit and through you guys. Man, that's cool. Man, if that doesn't wake you up, I need to come kick you all in the shins. All right? Because God is more focused on including everybody than our own comfort. God is more focused on saying, you know what, I want more room. There's still room for more. And if that makes you who are found, like me, if that makes you uncomfortable, Chris, do you know what God's saying? Deal with it. Deal with it. One of the things that we've really had to pray through uh, as a staff and talk with you guys is we have to create room for more. Um, I want to say, number one, thank you so much those who come to 9 o'clock. Because we, we started the 9 o'clock service for two reasons. For those who, are, who work with our children's, uh, so that you guys can come and actually come to church and still work. And that's, I praise God for you guys. But also, we needed some more space. Um, we're, uh, I mean, we're, last week we were at 422 people here. And the week before we were at 430-something. I can't remember. Um, but point is, this seat's about 300 um, so we just can't get everybody in here anymore in one service. And I know some of you are like, man, I just I kind of liked it when we were just all together. And I'm with you. We've had to make some, some hard decisions as a staff. Okay, are we going to continue to meet at the movie theater? Or are we going to make room for more? I've got to be honest with you. I love the movie theater. I love worshiping here. It's been such a fun time. But the, here's the thing. Even though I'm comfortable with that, if we continue to do this, our 1030 service, you can't get a seat. You just can't. And if we say, you know what, we're going to do this, and if we're going to do this, I'm, you know, only person that likes a big church, you know who it is? The preacher. I mean, really. I, I, I'm pretty much, you know, at 1030, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to preach and I'm going to talk to a, a full crowd in here. And I, you know what, if, if I would be content in that, I'd be comfortable with that. You know what, that's not the whole point. The whole point is to keep on reaching out, to make room for more. And if we say, you know what, we're going to continue doing things the way we're doing, then what we're telling is, you know what, people who come at 1030, we really don't want you. We don't want your children because we don't have any space for them. So we're just going to continue doing things the way we're doing. And you know what, we're going to lock arms. And we don't intentionally do it, but we, because there is no more empty seats, you know what? You're not welcome. I'm not content with that. I'm not content with that. And even though I love this venue, I love this environment, I'm not content with that. So we've asked you guys, we've talked with many of you guys, uh, you've emailed us, we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed. And we made the decision that on September the 28th, the last Sunday in September, we're going to be taking one church out of the movie theater and we're going almost across the street to Northeast High School. In fact, let me show you just how close it is. Because some of you are going, there's a high school around here? All right. All right. Everybody see the Great Escape? 
All right, by the way, on the top left, see that C1? That's our one church offices. This case. Okay, Great Escape is right in front of Tiny Town Road. If you take a right and go down Trenton Road, literally 0.2 miles, I did it this morning, there's Northeast High School. We're, I'm asking you to go 0.2 miles out of your comfort zone so that we can reach more people for Christ. Let me tell you what we're, what's changing and what's not. All right? This is going to so help us with our worship. Right now, we're able to seat about 300 people in here. Uh, where we're going, we're not meeting in the gymnasium. All right? um, we're going to be meeting in their theater. So there's going to be seats like this. There's going to be a stage. Lighting is going to be better. Um, but the, the, we, it seats 480 people. So we'll be able to get more people in there in that later service. Now, we're still going to do the two services. And let me tell you the reason why. Some of you like coming to church uh, before all, you know, anybody else is awake. And uh, so that you can get out of here and you can beat, you know, the crowd to O'Charlie's or whatever. Um, but even more importantly, um, we want to continue to do two services because we believe in our children's workers. We want to ask, we ask everybody at one church to be involved in at least one ministry. And um, if your ministry is children, we know that you can't come to worship service if there's only one worship service. So we're going to continue doing two so that you can come and so that you can be fed. This is going to help our sound issue. Some of y'all, you'll come in. I know some of you, you know, we, have, we provide earplugs. And you know you go to a cool church when, you, you know, they offer complimentary earplugs. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when you walk in front, you know, it's really loud up front. And, uh, and I'm always saying, you know, it's too loud, it's too loud. And Josh says, no, you're too old, you're too old. Um, but that's just me. I, but when you go up to the top, it's not loud up there, is it? But it's really loud down here. Well, the good thing about... Having a stage, it's going to help our sound better. So it's not just loud up front, but it's going to be loud everywhere. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Hey. <laughs> my dad's going, no. No, I have to take out my hearing aids anyway. All right, cool. So, uh, but I'm just joking. But kind of. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's going to help. This is kind of frustrates me, and it also frustrates some of our teaching pastors, especially Danny. I'll point him out, is we got a church. One of our core values here at One Church is, um, is biblical authority. We, we believe the Bible is true, but we are full of a church of people that don't bring their Bibles anymore. You know why? Because you can't read them. It's like I say, turn with me to Luke 14, and y'all are going, I could if I could find my Bible. It's on the sticky floor, all right? Well, you know what? Our worship uh, there at the theater will be able to raise up the house lights so that you can read. All right? So that is, uh, yeah, praise God. All right? I'm glad some of y'all feel like Danny and, and me. So anyway, um, so that's going to help out. Um, it's just, I tell you, it's going to benefit our worship so much. It's going to benefit children's ministry. I know y'all heard me share this, but I, when I don't preach, I'm still here, but I like working in children's ministry. I say I like working in children's ministry because I was in a toddler room not too long ago, about a month, and I thought I was going to die. Um, there was like 17, 20 kids in this room. And, and at 1030, um, for those that work children, I praise God for you guys. I really do. Um, because a lot of people have not experienced what it means to work in the children's ministry. Um, and if you haven't, I'd encourage you to do that. But... Uh, we just we need to make more space and more rooms. We need to break up some rooms. And this is going to help our children's ministry out. It's going to create more room at the table. Um, it's going to give us more room so that when people bring their kids at 1030, uh, there's more room there. Um, it's going to help um, 
out, uh, I'm going to keep on going. It's going to give us a partner, opportunity to partner with Northeast High School with the teachers. Um, we've already, uh, on, in, on uh, in-service days, we've brought lunch to them. We've brought breakfast to them. We want to earn the right to be heard there. Because to be quite honest with you, some of you know North Clarksville. Um, it, it's, uh, God's doing some great things here, but there are some you know, gangs and stuff like that. And we want to be able to, to help out the, the school and the teachers and to, and to give us a way that we can partner with them. And we have to be so careful because they're government and we're church. Um, they have to be careful. I don't, I guess. Um, I've already been on campus praying. I was on campus last week praying for them and praying for the students, praying for the schools. Um, uh, so I'm just, I'm really stoked to give us that opportunity to partner with these guys um, and, uh, and give us. Uh, some of y'all, as we were, we're asking the students, you know, who go there Monday through Friday, why not come on Sunday and come out and hang with us? Um, so it just gives us an opportunity to earn the right to be heard with them and to partner with them. And I'm so stoked about this. So let me tell you, that's where we're headed. In order to make that happen, and I'm, I'm straying from my notes because I'm getting long, is uh, to make this move happen, a lot of things have to happen. Uh, over and above our operating expense, uh, we're going to have to purchase about $30,000 worth of equipment to make this work. Um, and let me tell you what that's going for. As you can tell, we're not going to have a big screen to shine video projectors up on. So we have to buy, I think, three screens, uh, one for children's ministry and two for the worship ministry. Um, we have to buy another video projector. Uh, ten, ten grand of that 30 grand is trailers. Uh, we are able to store everything here. This is like the Wizard of Oz. I'm pulling back the curtain. See all that? We can store everything here, um, but there we can't store anything there because um, there is, I think, 1,100 students, and there's only supposed to be 800 at Northeast. So, like, every little cubby hole, they got a student, you know, tucked in. So, uh, <coughs> yeah, send your emails, Josh at Exit One Church. All right, anyway, um, but we just don't have any space to store stuff. So um, we're going to have to get trailers to load everything in and everything out. And speaking of that, we've got one church that's already letting us borrow a trailer. But if you know somebody with an 18 to 24-foot enclosed trailer that would like to sell it or give it to us uh, for tax exempt stuff, we'd love to be able to take it off their hands. So be looking for us. But speaking of loading and loading out, that means there's going to be more need for a, a bigger setup and teardown crew. Um, we need people to volunteer to say, you know what, I'm willing to get there it, it, it before the, you know, the 9 o'clock service and I'll, I have to be there at 7 or whatever and I'm going to start you know, taking stuff off of the thing, off the trailer and moving it in here. We would like to have two crews every day so that one person is, is bringing stuff in and they don't have to wait until the second service is over so that we're able to not burn people out. But we need some of you guys to say, you know what, I'm, you know, I can do that. I can't sing, I can't dance, but I can pull something off of a trailer. We need guys uh, or ladies, that was almost a chauvinistic remark, with trailer hitches, all right, to be able to come and pull the trailers. And if you can say, you know what, I can do that, I can sign me up to pull a trailer. We're hoping to get enough guys, about six guys or ladies, oh Lord, um, uh, to help us do that, uh, to help us pull uh, the trailers so that we can kind of rotate that. Um, we really we need more greeters. Um, one of the things we consistently hear at one church is, man, it's such a friendly church. It's such a friendly church. It's such a friendly church. 
and uh, that's because we pay people to say that. But, um, but we want to continue to be a friendly church where that people will realize there's always more room at the table. We need more greeters. We need more people to say, sign me up. You know, I can open a door and say, thanks for coming, you know. Uh, there's not as much parking at Northeast, so one of the things we're praying about is starting a parking ministry so that we have guys or ladies, if you would like to, uh, to be able to direct people in and direct them. I mean, think of the power, guys. You think you've got power when you hold a remote control. Think of having an orange vest and having, you know, I mean, you're directing, you know, one ton, two tons of steel. Say, no, you will go there because I say so. I mean, that's power, people. All right? We need some guys to be able to do that. I need some guys that say, I got the power. I need you to do that. All right? We need some people to say, you know what? I'm willing to step it up. I'm willing to serve more in children's ministry. Our whole point is this. We need more room. And I can, Chris, selfish Chris, can say, you know what? I like it here. And I do. I love it here. We have a great relationship with the theater. Um, there's not too many places that you can come to, to a church service and then stay afterwards and watch House Bunny. There you go. Anyway. But you know what? The whole point is not for my comfort. It's because we want to make more room. And we want more people to come to know the Lord. And uh, the crazy thing about it, if I asked y'all to raise your hands, if you weren't here a year ago, pretty much everybody would raise their hand. Because none of us were a year ago. We were, um, many of us were the, like those 86%. We were at home right now. And look what God has done in your life. Look what God has done in your relationships. Look what God has done here. Uh, we want God to continue that. So I would pray. Um, you should have uh, received one of these when you came in. And if you didn't, we'll get you some. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll, how many of y'all do not have one of these? All right, cool. Uh, can I get, Robert, thank you, friend. Robert. Uh, he serves on our greeter team, and uh, he's a stud. Thank you, Robert. We're going to get you that. When he comes back in, I'm going to ask you to, to um, raise your hand. But on this uh, communication card, um, if you wouldn't mind putting your name and how we can contact you. Now, please, legibly, legibly, all right? But on the back it says, you know what, information of how I can serve. Children, set up and tear down. Students, in Connect Ministry. That Connect Ministry, one of the ministries in that is greeters. And if you want to if you want to help with parking, put Connect. If you want to help with greeter, put Connect. If you want to help with set up and tear down, this is deep, but put set up and tear down, all right? Um, but we need everybody doing at least one ministry. Do you know if every one of us did one thing, none of us would have to do two? Seriously. If everybody said, you know what, I can do one thing then we, we would be a church that would only do one thing. What do you do? Huh, I do one thing. Really. All right? And you're able to serve out of that place where you're a 10. So I'm going to ask you to do that. Is Robert's not back yet. So um, I'm going to pray, and then afterwards I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hands, and we won't ask you to speak or come down front, but we'll just give you one of these. So let's do that. Dear Lord, you are awesome. And Lord, I am so glad 
that um, you told these group of guys that thought they were God's gift to the world that they it was just an automatic done deal that they were go, getting into the banquet that they had an immediate invitation Lord that you said you know what <laughs> yeah you're invited but Lord you said so everybody else is invited too it's not a us and them it's we it's all of us together so Lord I pray right now I pray that we would um, that we would be called out of our comfort zones, that you would um, make me uncomfortable, Lord, and that you would say, some of the people in here say, you know what, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to do that. Uh, so, some people are saying, you know what, I'm willing. I, before, I, yeah, I can serve, but I, I need Jesus right now. There's some people in here saying, you know what, I, I, you're, you got the invitation, but I'm not coming to the party yet. And Lord, you know how to throw a great party. Lord, it's for eternity. And I pray, Lord, that all of us, that we would um, that we would always make room for more, that we would never just be happy with us and them, but it's we.